Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland. With me today is the guy that wants to push kids into an equipment room, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, Cortland. Hi. I'm doing all right. That's good. It's fun in the equipment room. <sighs> I th- I was thinking about all taking kinds my of vacation equipment. In the equipment room. I'll push you in there right now. <laughs> that sounds like a good time. Um, still not under quarantine. I take it right. No, it's just it's just normal here now that's that's really boring so i invited a guest today who is in quarantine (laughs) just along with me his name is rev he is from the podcast the crit show how you doing rev i'm not too bad i was trying to be like quiet and polite while you guys did the intro and i'm just dying at the (laughs) it loves to push you into a closet and it's so good that was the best introduction i think it's okay yeah every episode i do an introduction from like the previous episode just something funny from it so yeah I love it. So how are you doing today, Rev? I know it's pretty early, so I apologize. No, no, it's fine. Uh, I'm not doing too bad. Uh, Just, you know, up at, what, 730 in the morning to talk about some Are You Afraid of the Dark? (laughs) The witching hour. Yeah. Up earlier than the show was on to talk about the show. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So were you a fan of Are You Afraid of the Dark growing up? Uh, I was kind of off and on. I had uh, a healthy fear of the unknown as a child which only slightly carried over into adulthood. Um, <laughs> so it was one of those shows that I would watch sometimes, but when I was thinking about it, I'm like, why am I watching this? Why am I watching this? Um, because, you know, when you were that age, it was actually kind of scary. I mean, there's still some things in it that are, I think could, could catch you off guard, but uh, I did not ever get to watch it like chronologically the way that you guys are talking about it, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I gotcha. I never really did either. I just kind of watched whatever reruns were on. <laughs> so yeah, it is like I never watched it consecutively enough to know like, oh, what's the what's the story going on with the group around the campfire? That's mm, not much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish there was more, but yeah, we get what we get. Especially this episode because, man, there's some inconsistencies, and I thought they were done because, like, the first couple of seasons um, of the show were released in Canada first and then they came over to us so they got them earlier than we did in the US and they rearranged episode orders and stuff and you could kind of tell but as of season three they they stopped doing that you know they was all released at the same time for both countries and um, there's just some inconsistencies in this episode but that's okay I forgive it so Rev what's uh what's your podcast about the crit show uh the crit show is an actual play podcast we play monster of the week which is a powered by the apocalypse game uh, it's a really rules like game uh, narrative heavy uh, you just need 2d6 and like two or three pages to play the game uh, and it's kind of like Buffy or supernatural or ash versus the evil dead um, it is that kind of horror slash suspense um, and then we obviously get into comedy just because we're a bunch of friends sitting around the table Mm -hmm. playing. Um, And then in the later seasons, we're in season two right now, getting ready to wrap that up. Um, And we actually jump into other Powered by the Apocalypse games um, because the hunters from the Monster of the Week game find out they have to go to other places, other worlds, um, to get the things they need to defeat their big bad. Uh, And so we use that opportunity to make it so that every world they jump to is a different game. Um, so we kind of oh, teach like the fun. games as we go. Cool. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we've gotten to play with a lot of really cool people. Um, mm-hmm. It's We've made a bunch of Let's Plays for newly launching Fate and Powered by the Apocalypse games. Um, and so we've got to to play with some really cool people. That sounds awesome. Brandon and I are kind of uh, tabletop board game experts, too. We played, I don't know, oh, totally. five rounds of Dungeons & Dragons 4th Edition. Yeah, like I, 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, shit, it was like 10 years ago. I just looked over. I got all my books all lined up for fourth edition, which are outdated now. So yeah, it's the system everybody seems to hate. <laughs> my background is theater, um, and so I actually edit our show kind of like a radio play. Um, so we leave in enough that you kind of walk away after the first story arc knowing how to play the game, but we don't want to get bogged down in you having to listen to us forget the rules or look up rules. or Yeah, I love that because it's like yeah. you're not – excluding people that don't know what you're talking about i appreciate yeah that's what we try to do that's why i just painstakingly talk about every single thing that happens in every single episode (laughs) (laughs) so that my brother who doesn't remember the show can follow along well you guys ready to get into this episode are you afraid that our we watched yes let's do it all right so we just got done watching the tale of the unfinished painting oh gosh um 
Rev, what did you think about this episode? I I like this episode. There are, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this as we go through. There's a couple things where I was like, wait, what? But overall, <laughs> I like the message behind it and I like the the use of a lot of the kind of plot elements and stuff. Yeah. I agree. Brandon, what did you think? I really liked it. A lot of the mythology and character motivations and stuff aren't really explained very well or at all. Yeah. But I like all the the things around the episode. I like the art focus and mm-hmm. sort of the dreamy nature of some of the scenes. And Jewel State. The state effect. Yeah. <laughs> she has grown up a bit. So um Rev, she's actually been in the in the show before. She was in an episode in season three and she was like the babiest little girl. And um she's grown up a lot and I think she's a better actress even just at this point. It's only been like a year. Yeah. And uh I love Jewel State. <laughs> so seeing her again was great. Yeah. There's a lot of uh pretty rubbish child actors in this show. The ones that stand out really stand out. Agreed. Uh, I really liked this episode too. I think all the characters were were really well done. I mean, at least the two two or three main characters. Mm-hmm. That's all the characters. Hey, you know what? We'll go over the characters because I looked them all up. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that the art though is <laughs> really bad. Oh, we'll yeah. we'll have a lot to say about the art. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, except for the the picture that Jewel State paints, that's pretty good. Eh. Everything else was really. really it's bad. a painting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like the setting. I like uh, the art they did. Sometimes, are you afraid of the dark has like a theme, and then they just kind of wander away from it a little bit. And I like that this it did wander away from it a little bit, but it, it kept its focus at art. So that was good. I liked it. I had a good time with this episode. Yeah. Ready to dive into this? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do All it. Right. So this episode starts out, and we see Frank and Sam. They're sitting next to the fire, and Kiki's walking up to him, and Gary, he's walking down the pathway in the distance, and Frank hands Sam a log. And then we cut to behind Gary, who's walking up to the campfire. He gets stopped by somebody who's whispering, Psst, Gary, over here. So Gary turns around, and we see Tucker hiding behind a tree branch. And Gary asks him, what's the matter? And Tucker says that he still hasn't come up with a story. He's like, I'm empty. I'm blank, drained. So Gary adds in hollow, shallow, brainless. And Tucker's all, this is serious. I've been thinking okay, all week. I have and a problem coming. with this. <laughs> okay. I thought it's been established that someone comes up with a story and then calls the meeting. It's not like a roster where it's like, all right, Tucker, you're up next week. <laughs> so you better think of a story, damn it. Well... I think we talked about this before, Brandon. I think we just came up with the idea that they have to come up with a story and then tell everybody about it. Oh, so that was <laughs> our rule for them? I think it was, yeah. My problem is is that this kid coming out of nowhere and saying that he is empty and blank and drained, it's like that Facebook thing. I'm, I'm in this photo and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tucker. He's a little shit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Gary tells him, tells his little brother that he's just blocked and he has to stop trying so hard and something will inspire him. But Tucker's like, in two minutes. And Gary tells him, no, by next week. I knew you were having trouble. But then he's interrupted by Betty Ann who walks up saying, having fun, guys? And Tucker pops out of his hiding spot saying, uh, no, no, I mean, yeah. But Betty Ann walks away from him and the two, two brothers follow. We cut over to Kiki who asks, who's up tonight? And Sam says, Tucker, right? And Tucker's like, yeah, right. And Frank tells them it better be good because he's just had the... But Gary cuts him off. He says, uh, Tuck, I know this is unusual, but do you mind if I went tonight instead? Which is really odd for him to do because Gary is the leader of the Midnight Society and he can do whatever he wants. He shouldn't have to ask his little brother permission. No. He asks the other members of the Midnight Society if they're okay with that as well. Which is odd because what are they going to say? <laughs> We paid for a Tucker story, and we're going to get a Tucker story. (laughs) Yeah, they're all getting free entertainment. Yeah, they don't care. It's like, whatever. Someone just tell a story. Kiki didn't even know who was going. (laughs) She's like, as long as it's not me. (laughs) Exactly. He says, I got an inspiration, and I'd really like to tell the story. So Tucker, like, dumbfoundedly, like, he's just like, really? 
I mean, I mean, hey, when inspiration hits, you gotta go with it. And Gary asks if it's okay from everybody else, and they all just they don't give a fuck. They just grumble around and they're like, yeah, whatever. So Tucker smiles. He takes a seat next to Kiki, and Gary sits down at the throne, saying, "You never know when inspiration is gonna come." You can't touch it, you can't see it, and you can't buy it. It's something mystical. It opens you up to new possibilities. And he grabs a pouch of dust and he's saying, But what if you could control someone's inspiration? It would be like touching their mind. Think of how fun it could be. And think about how dangerous it could be if it was used for evil. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Call the story. The Tale of the Unfinished Painting. So we like to like look at this and see if it has anything to do with the story because sometimes it does not. But well, this one seems kind of. Is anybody really inspired in this episode? Like the painting that they do isn't really a product of inspiration. No. Especially the idea of controlling someone's inspiration. Like she's really kind of forcing what they they have to focus on. Yeah, it, it's like a color by numbers, practically. Just yeah. paint over these lines. It's not really inspiration. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just basically a coloring book. Um, I mean, the kids get to choose which one they want to color. I, I mean, half color, because all these paintings are half done. I mean, I will give them this. The title fits. Their spoiler is an unfinished painting in the There's episode. There's actually a couple of them. If you, if you peel your eyes... And you look around. (laughs) (laughs) I got to give it to him. I mean, we normally save this for the end, but uh, the the tale of the unfinished painting is a pretty good name. Apt. Yeah. Yeah. So our story begins in what looks to be a park. There's uh, some some music playing. And, you know, actually, this this episode has a lot of music. There's a lot of moments where there's just music, Mm -hmm. which is really rare um, for the show where somebody is not talking all the damn time because... I like the moments where there's like 30 seconds of just music and stuff. Yeah, I thought the music was really well used in the sound effects too in this episode. I agree. So we see this girl, she's sitting on a bench and she's sketching some trees and stuff. She's shading it in with her pencil and um, this girl's Jewel State. She's back for more Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yeah. And sitting on a bench is what she loves to do. And she does it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) She likes to sleep on benches like a little hobo girl too. We get a voiceover from Gary saying that Cody was a talented girl with a real passion for art. But like with all artists, sometimes inspiration is hard to come by. And we see Cody, she just scribbles out that drawing that she was working on. She rolls her eyes in frustration. And then suddenly from behind her pops a guy who says, I knew I'd find you here. He's got a leather jacket on. He looks kind of grungy. And he's Joey Lawrence from Blossom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've never seen Blossom before. Well, I haven't seen it in like 25 years. <laughs> uh, well, now you've got your spinoff show. There you go. <laughs> hey, well, but Jewel State was in a show that was like Blossom, wasn't she? The Flash Forward or whatever? <sighs> I don't think that was like Blossom. It came out around the same time. It's close enough. I don't remember what Blossom was like, so maybe it was. I don't know. Well, all I know is that Joey Lawrence hates saying, whoa. So it must have been a horrible experience for him. So this guy, he jumps over the seat and he sits next to Cody saying, Mom's going to be ticked if you're late for dinner again. And he goes to grab her art asking if he can see it, but she pulls it away from him. So he asks what's wrong. And Cody's like, Lucas, what do you see over there? And she points off in front of her and we get a shot of what they're looking at. And Lucas says, a tree. And Cody's like, exactly. That's what I see too. And Lucas doesn't understand this. And he says, you lost me. So we look at Cody who's like, okay, if you want to create art, I mean, the kind of art that moves someone. Then you have to see more than what's obvious. You have to become part of what you're drawing. Or it's just going to be lines on paper. Brandon, you do some art. Is this all true? No, none of it. (laughs) I do lines on paper, and it's great. (laughs) I can't even do lines on paper. (laughs) I actually had the thought, when she said that, I went right away to the IMDb page to look at who wrote this. Because I thought, oh, whoever wrote this episode... That's going to be their thesis statement in some bigger project. Like this is this is a writer saying like, man, I wish I was doing something more than a kid's show. So I was like, oh, I can't wait to see. Like they probably wrote something else. Boy, they they did not. This I think was <laughs> them getting that out. This is the closest they came. Really, it wasn't this episode, and then there will be blood. <laughs> yeah, it was. This was the last thing oh, they wrote. Uh, so I think this was their attempt to uh, wow. to put some art into the world because what they had written before. 
was The Room for Rent. Oh, God, no. Oh, geez. That and, explains a lot. <laughs> uh, and the other thing that they wrote was a one episode of a TV series called The Littlest Hobo, which I think explains <laughs> Sleeping the on Benches. Sleeping on the Benches. <laughs> it all comes around. That's a um, thesis yeah. statement. Sleeping on Benches is dope. I haven't mentioned it before, but Littlest Hobo, it must be a Canadian show because a lot of the actors have been in The Littlest Hobo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just failed to mention it because it sounded ridiculous. Full circle. <laughs> well, Lucas, he nods his head in agreement, and Cody says that she knows how to make lines, but she's just not sure she's ever going to learn how to draw. So Lucas tells her he thinks she's the most talented person he knows and that she'll get it. She just has to be patient. And Cody asks if he really thinks she's the most talented person. And Lucas tells her, absolutely. And and again, I don't really know many people. And Cody smacks her with a drawing pad and the two get up and they walk away. It's a nice sibling relationship. Mm. Yeah. I remember watching this episode as a kid and not getting that they were siblings. Thought they were, they were, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. But that's because I was a kid and everybody, isn't it weird how when you're a kid, everybody that's like 12 and up look like they're adults. This is shoulder pads. It makes her look like she's in her. <laughs> they are massive. She's got a business meeting to attend, but yeah. <laughs> but like now that I'm an old man, I look up at like you know twelve, thirteen year old kids, and I'm like, you are a baby. <laughs> All right, are you guys ready to meet these two characters we got up in this episode? Yes. Yes. So first up, we got Cody, who's played by, of course, Jewel State. We last saw her as Kelly from the Tale of Watchers Woods. Jewel has this huge career. We previously mentioned that she was in Firefly and Serenity, but she's also acting in stuff this year, including as Kiva Garen in Blindspot and Phyllis in The Magicians. Sure, sure. Never heard of those, but hmm. keep working. Yeah. I, I do know The Magicians. A lot of people love that show. I, I haven't had a chance to watch it is yet. Is that the one that's on sci-fi? Or is uh, that the I think so. <laughs> I get those confused. Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. One of them's on TNT and one of them's on sci-fi, I think. I don't know. And I think Blind Spot is like a cop show, maybe? I don't know. Lucas is played by Joel Keller, who's been in a whole lot of stuff I don't recognize, including the TV show Heartland and the movie Whiteout. Recently? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think it might have been in mid-2000s or late 90s. Right. He also did voices in the video game Starlink Battle for Atlas, okay, which that's I new. only mentioned because my son loves that game. Yeah, that was like 2018, I think. Yeah. It's a fun game. You get to swap out ships and stuff, and they're just sitting there bulked on your controller. <laughs> it really weighs it down. <laughs> Moving on, we switch scenes, and now Cody's chilling on a park bench. She's looking out at yeah. these people that yeah. are walking That's by. That's what she does. She loves park benches. <laughs> She's just on a tour of Manitoba's best benches. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part, though, is that all the people don't look at her, like, they, their faces do, are not shown to the camera. They're actively looking away from her. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't want to be don't in this kid's show. Don't stare at but... her turtlenecks. <laughs> well, and I think we're going to find out in a second why no one will make eye contact with her. Because of her reaction as, someone, as soon as someone does make eye contact with her. She's just waiting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I dare you. You know what? Okay. It's probably she asked all these people already that she yes. wanted to draw them. And they were like, No. And then finally, this little girl. Yeah. We look at her sketch pad, and she hasn't drawn anything yet because everybody tells her no, they don't want to be drawn. And then from behind her, we hear someone calling out hello to her. So she turns, and we see this young, like, teenage girl. She's dressed in black with this outrageously silly yellow hat on her head. Cody sees her and says hello back and asks the girl what her name is. And the girl steps forward a few steps, and Cody asks if she can draw her. So Cody breaks her gaze from this little girl for a moment, motioning for her to come and have a seat next to her, and the girl runs away from her and drops her stupid hat in the process. <laughs> it's a blossom hat. Yeah, Cody acting like she is a caricature artist on like the boardwalk. <laughs> like, hey, what's your name? Can I draw you? <laughs> Only five bucks. That's why none of these other people will look at her. <laughs> they know her scam. They've all got one of her sketches on their fridge, yeah. <laughs> Cody calls after her saying, Hey! And then she chases after this girl, but loses her. So she just like stands outside of the shop called the Hunter Gallery. And then she walks inside the building and the camera like lingers on the sign because it's menacing and stuff. 
I don't know how she like thought that this little girl ran into this specific building though. <laughs> hey, your hat. I don't want anyone thinking this is mine. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> the hat was so ugly. Let's talk about that hat for a second here. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody been to Mardi Gras in the last 10 years? Because it looks like that's where it came from. Brandon, you, you've been to Mardi Gras, right? <laughs> I've been in the vicinity. You lived in Louisiana for like a minute. Yeah. Did you see any of these hats? No, unfortunately. If I did, I would own one. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be wearing it right now as we record this his podcasting hat <laughs> so inside cody checks out a couple of paintings that are on display each with the same signature on them and each briar. not very good Oof, these <laughs> paintings are rough they look like um I don't know, middle schoolers, maybe? They vary in quality, because I assume there were at least a few stagehands backstage scribbling these things out, but they're all not very good. They all look like they were almost forced to be painted with (laughs) brushes only the size of your thumb. Just enormous paintbrushes. I think that they look like they went to a school, and they dug into the art class of, like sixth graders that were doing uh, self-portraits for the first time. That's what I think it looks like. There are some more art ones, though, like that girl in blue was, was pretty good, but you know we're not there yet. She hasn't seen anything wonderful yet. <laughs> so there's the same signature on all of these paintings that's Miss Briar. And then from behind Cody, a woman appears saying, welcome to the Hunter's Gallery. And Cody turns around and says, she says, uh, the little girl that just came in here, she dropped her hat. And the lady looks around the room in a kind of mocking way, like that. That, how do you explain that? Let me, like, she is essentially telling Cody she's an idiot because there's nobody else in the room, but she's doing it by like looking around. I hate it. Yeah, it's like that faux surprise. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> People that do that should not do that. It's mean. So right away, you don't like Mrs. Breyer. Yes. She tells Cody that there's no little girl, and Cody's like, oh, she must have just gone out the door. No little girls here, little girl. <laughs> Even though, spoilers, there is a little girl yes, there. she's a liar. <laughs> right away. The lady tells her that she'll keep the hat in case she comes back, so Cody hands it over to her, saying that she loves the paintings. And this lady's like, thanks, it's some of my best work. <laughs> <laughs> You're no Madeline Cagle. You should see my other gallery. <laughs> Cody gets impressed saying, you're the artist? And this lady nods saying, I am Mrs. Breyer. And Cody smiles and Miss Breyer takes her on a little tour. And Cody says that she wishes she had her talent. Do you though? <laughs> and Miss Breyer asks her if she's an artist. And Cody's all sort of, but right now I'm kind of blocked. And Miss Breyer asks, really? And Cody says, yeah. As she's looking into this picture of this wide-eyed girl that looks pretty terrible, to be honest. I kept expecting it to move. That would be um, really interesting, but <laughs> no, it's just a static, horrible picture of like an <laughs> alien-eyed girl. Yeah. <laughs> she says, it seems the harder I try, the further away it gets. And these are wonderful. There's almost something mystical about them. Miss Briar puts her hand on Cody's shoulder, saying, It's no coincidence that you've come here today, Cody. Come, let me show you something. And she grabs hold of Cody's hands, and they walk away as we zoom back and on that picture of the girl with the huge eyes. The girls walk over to another part of the building, and there's another girl there doing some painting. And the girls smile at each other, and Cody follows Miss Briar further into the studio or gallery, whatever the fuck this is. But let's check out Miss Briar, the little girl, and Jenna. I checked them out all on IMDb. Uh, Jenna's the girl that was painting that Cody smiled at. Miss Breyer, she's played by Vivian Reese, who I couldn't find out a lot of information about. Rev, did you look her up too? I did. You know, it's always, whenever you have to kind of research something like this, it's never a good sign when you go to IMDb and they don't even have a profile picture. Yeah. That's a lot of this <laughs> actors in Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yeah. That was surprising for her, though. I couldn't find her, like, birthday or her if she's dead or not. Um, it has this you know, medium-sized list of roles she's been in and started in 1965 for a show called Seaway. And her last acting role was in 1999, playing in a show called PSI Factor, Chronicles of the Paranormal. 
She's been in a lot of stuff in between that time, like Anna Green Gables and stuff. But like I said, I couldn't find her birthday or if she's alive or anything. I checked um, IMDb, Wikipedia. I couldn't find anything on her. It was weird. She went into a painting. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) So let's move on. Brandon, did you recognize that little girl with the hat? I feel like I've seen her before, but I couldn't put my finger on it. All right. Well, her name is Jessica Reed, and you have never seen her before because she was in absolutely nothing else. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) I think that's the first person that I've looked up in Are You Afraid of the Dark that has been in nothing else. It's someone's kid. Well, usually they're at least in Arthur or Magic School. (laughs) The two things everyone's in. Yeah. Every Canadian child is in Arthur or Magic School Bus <laughs> or Lowest Hobo. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, we have Jenna, who is played by Amanda Gay, whose acting career isn't that big either. She was an extra in movies like Bone Collector, The Hunger, and Going to Kansas City. Um, and I believe we're going to see her again later sometime in one of the later seasons. So, yay. My favorite. I know, right? Back to the episode, Miss Briar leads Cody into a dark room saying, I think this might interest you. And Cody asks her how she knew her name was Cody. And Miss Briar turns the lights on and we look around this room and there's just a bunch of unfinished paintings all over the walls. So that's two red flags for Cody. She knew her name without being told. Yeah. And she told her there were no little girls like 30 seconds before she's like, and this is Jenna, my little girl <laughs> that I keep here. Oh, you mean in this room? I thought you meant in the foyer. No, no little girls in the foyer. I do have one. I've got a gaggle of girls over here. (laughs) Spoilers, Brandon. (laughs) When I do my sarcastic eye roll, it doesn't see through the beaded curtain between rooms, so I didn't realize there were little girls here still. (laughs) Cody looks around, and she asks if these unfinished paintings are hers, and Miss Briar says, no, they came to me from many sources. And Cody says it's like they're abandoned. Miss Briar explains that sometimes an artist's vision will simply end before it's complete. I keep these as a reminder that art is a struggle. And the girls walk around the room and Cody's looking at all these paintings and Miss Briar tells her to take her time. They may inspire her. What kind of freak just like collects unfinished paintings? That one? Someone who thinks that every piece of art is a struggle. (laughs) I've never seen an unfinished painting like that. I mean, I guess they probably exist, but I don't know. Just finish your work. All right. Especially when all, all you right. gotta do is just color it in. I'll finally go finish that Dream Machine comic. You've yeah. convinced me. <laughs> it's been like half a year, but yeah. <laughs> Only half a year? You better hurry up. Somebody's gonna steal it off of your computer and put their name on it. Oh, no. We cut back to Jenna, who's painting her picture. She's coloring in like a yellow ball or something, and then she gets frustrated with her paintbrush because it can't quite get into the empty spaces without fucking up the whole picture. So she sets that paintbrush down, and she gets a smaller one from her bag. And she starts painting in the finer details. Miss Briar, she walks over her way, and she looks at what she's doing for a moment before saying, Jenna, what are you doing? And Jenna looks over at her saying, Oh, the brush you gave me was too thick. I needed a finer tip. And Miss Briar snatches that fucking brush right out of <laughs> Jenna's hands. <laughs> she's saying, I have told you to use only one brush. No more little brushes. <laughs> Jenna, you know my philosophy Inspiration comes from the artist Not from tools That's bullshit Tools are there to help That's what they're for She says this philosophy again later Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it But it makes no sense to me If it's not in the tools Then she can use any tools she wants, right? Yeah Well, I... I, it seems like it's just her lie to yeah. get them to use No, that I tool. get that. But the lie doesn't make any sense to me. Inspiration comes from the artist, no. not from tools. So that means no matter what tool I'm using, I'm still inspiration, right? I don't know. I mean, in theory, but... Her philosophy should be that you have to paint paintings with one brush and that's it. Because I said so. Yes, that's really what, she, that's really what <laughs> she's saying. The idea she's trying to convey is like... Oh, no matter how good your equipment is, you can still create. But it's just, hey, shut up and use my brush. (laughs) She's crazy. We cut back over to Cody, who's still looking around at all those unfinished paintings. And she stops. And she walks over to one in particular that looks like some sort of dance recital. 
There's a lady in front. She's gesturing to a curtain stage with some like ballerinas or something. And there's a guy dancing. I don't know. The picture really just needs to be colored in to be finished. Honestly, it's, it's all like outlined and everything for you and half, half colored in already. And it looks exactly like that viral video of, and set of photos of the girl leading the guy through the world. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Like pointing, hey, this is where we're going with one hand back. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, is this where that meme came from? <laughs> yeah, the one where they go through like the vineyard and like tropical paradise yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Well, that was the birth of this. <laughs> yeah, little known fact, the birth of <laughs> <laughs> the leading you through the world meme. Cody stops in front of the picture and smiles as the camera pans over it. She reaches out her finger and closes her eyes. Which and is weird. And a hand reaches out and grabs hers. What gave her the idea to close her eyes and reach out for the painting? What did she think was going to I know happen? you're a robot, Brandon, but this is called inspiration, okay? <laughs> <sighs> the person who grabbed her hand was literally any patron in a museum. <laughs> Don't touch the paintings, please. It's an exception. It's not finished. It's not real yet. <laughs> Doesn't count. It's not art yet. It hasn't been signed. Yeah. <laughs> Cody opens her eyes and she looks around and it's the dude from the painting. I mean, pretty much. He pulls Cody in closer and lifts her up and spins her around. And Cody just looks around the room while spinning until the guy sets her down. And then she starts dancing with this guy and there's ballerinas in the background. Cody do We can too. It reminded me of the scene in the labyrinth where Sarah yes. is in the ballroom. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is much smaller than, than that. And there's not like an yeah. amazing you know, musical score. From... And there's not David fucking Bowie. <laughs> but you do have the young Benedict Cumberbatch, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing. Actually. Which is like just one tiny step down from David Bowie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, Cody snaps away from that dream from Miss Briar's voice, who asks if she was okay. And Cody's like, yeah, the painting. How sad it never got finished. Miss Briar looks at her, then at the painting, and back at Cody and says, perhaps you'd like to finish it? And Cody's all, me? And Miss Briar says, I often allow young artists to complete one of these paintings. Jenna's working on one now. Sometimes it's just the thing they need to overcome an artist's block. Cody laughs, saying, I'd love to, and she walks over to pick up the painting, but Miss Breyer stops her, saying, there's one thing. My students all work here where I can help them along. And Cody stops saying, oh, yeah, sure, of course. This is great. When can I start? And Miss Breyer takes a breath in and says, tomorrow? And Cody says, that's perfect. And she thanks Miss Breyer, saying, she won't regret this, and she walks away. And we stay with Miss Breyer, who's smiling, and then we get a touch of this menacing music as she says, I'm sure I won't. And we cut over to a cabinet. And Miss Briar opens it up, and there's a decapitated head on a pedestal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, inspiration. Yeah. It's all gray and old looking. And Miss Briar looks over, and she grabs a paintbrush out of a cup of brushes. And she holds it over a candle. And we, we get a shot of that decapitated head whose eyes are shut. Miss Briar then puts down the brush, and she caresses the head. Saying, another lamb has wandered our way. And then she just laughs. I want to know what's going on with her in this head. Well, you never find out, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm worshiping it. No, no, it's a former lover. <laughs> no, no, it's my inspiration. Well, what's, what's going on here? I mean, why does he have to be a head and she gets to be a whole lady? <laughs> I don't know. Not very fair. What is the whole history of all of this they never where did this head come anything. from did it used to have a body <laughs> i don't know we'll never know the scene cuts over to jewel getting out of a car it's probably lucas's she runs over to the door of the hunter's gallery and waves goodbye to the driver they honk back and inside she goes yeah she's wearing another turtleneck maybe it's cold out brandon they're in canada she's got a whole closet of turtlenecks i have a whole closet of turtlenecks are you gonna make fun of me too yeah <laughs> oh, please don't. I actually don't have that. I don't think I would ever wear a turtleneck. They sound, they seem like they would be hot and scratchy. Yeah, I can't think of a time I would ever think I wish I were wearing a turtleneck right now. Okay, well, how hot is it right there? Like, over 100 degrees, probably? Uh, probably 150 degrees. I don't know. Of course, you're not going to be wearing a goddamn turtleneck. But yeah, they feel. I feel like they would just be like a 
being strangled all the time. That's no good. Inside the gallery, Miss Briar leads Cody over to where she'll be painting. And Cody's got that unfinished painting in her hands. And Miss Briar says, morning light is much better on this side of the room. So Cody puts the picture down on an easel. And Miss Briar's like, and now? And she hands Cody a brush saying, I'd prefer that you used one of my simple brushes. No, thanks. <laughs> you don't get a choice, Cody. Inspiration comes from the artist, not the tools. So Cody grabs the brush with a smile. And Miss Briar walks away, saying that she'll grab her paints. The scene fades, and now we've got this like montage of Cody coloring in this painting. She's mixing colors. She's throwing that on the picture. And then she stops, and she's thinking about something. She sets her palette down, and she looks at her tubes of colors, but it doesn't look like that she's got what she wants. So she walks over and looks around that room with all those unfinished paintings, and then she looks at the cabinet, the one with the severed head in it, and she walks over, and she opens it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she she looks inside and she yelps because she sees this goddamn severed yeah, head. Yeah, as you would. It's a pretty calm reaction. <laughs> yeah, if this happened to me, I'd be out of there. But Yes, she is shocked by the mummified head for exactly one second. Yeah, and then she giggles about it. <laughs> yes. That's the odd thing, I think. Is Oh, you startled me. I wasn't expecting to see you here. I knew there was a severed head somewhere in this place. <laughs> I could just sense it. I was I just wasn't expecting it here. <laughs> She's looking at it, and then she looks at the slew of paintbrushes that are all standing upright. And Cody goes to pick up one of the brushes, and she touches it. And we cut to a blonde girl who turns around and screams. And Cody gets, like, zapped from the paintbrush or something. And she looks around like, what the fuck? And then she just closes the cabinet. <laughs> okay, so that's like 40 <laughs> red flags at this point. Yes. <laughs> Out of sight, out of mind. It just goes back to work. <laughs> and work is really what it is. Because she's like, okay, you sit here. Here's your brush. Here's your paints. Color these lines. No, not like that. She's just like, yeah, it is like color by numbers. Except someone's standing over your shoulder, like making sure you get it done. She's just not going to get paid for this job she's doing. <laughs> and you have to use a brush that is like an inch wide <laughs> oh. at the at the bristles. Oh Good lord. I love it uh like spoilers a little bit. When they have to when they sign their name with the brush, it's like they dip it in the black and it's so thick. <laughs> it looks like shit when they sign <laughs> their name with it. <laughs> Versus the name that is there later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your art teacher. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our show. We're over halfway done with this being the 50th episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Thankfully, we still have a few seasons left to talk about. There's only a few days left until Brandon and I record the season four wrap-up episode, and we need your questions. If you have a question for me, for Brandon, about the show, about podcasting, or anything else, we would love to answer them on our show. If you have a story you'd like to share about Are You Afraid of the Dark, we want to share it for everyone. Send your questions our way on any of our social media accounts or through email at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. Speaking of our social medias, we have live watch parties of Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes on our Instagram. Give us a follow and watch along with us and other fans of the show. I post in the stories polls so you can help choose the episode we watch too. So check it out, have a laugh at all of our hilarious content, like handmade gifts and videos, memes, and so much more. Give us a follow and check our live videos and stories. We're also on Twitter at PRVT Island. If you're looking to support the show and get access to bonus content, early release episodes, and more, head over to patreon.com slash private island and become a patron today. Your support will help us make the show even better by helping us promote the show, upgrading our audio equipment, and editing software. All of the donations and support for the show will always go right back into it. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Golden Bostics, Bryce and Kathy, and the Bronze Beths, Angela and Shane. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. Our show wouldn't be the same without you. For a link to all of our social medias, the Patreon, YouTube, and so much more, check out the episode description. If you'd like to help our show grow in another way, you can always give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Word of mouth is also really great for podcast growth. If you know somebody that would like the show, let them know about it. I'd also like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. 
Now I'd like to play the promo for Rev's actual play podcast, The Crit Show. I hope you take a moment to check it out. You wake up startled in the middle of the night, convinced that there's something out there in the darkness. Your brain tells you that there's nothing to be afraid of. Unfortunately, your brain is dead wrong. If you love the mix of horror, mystery, and comedy in shows like Buffy, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, or Supernatural, you'll feel right at home on The Crit Show, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast. Follow the hair-raising adventures of three friends tasked with being the last line of defense from the forces of evil that go bump in the night. You can find The Crit Show at thecritshowpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again, everyone, for laughing with us every week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Well, now we've got this dreamlike sequence. Lucas is there, and Cody's laying on a park bench. Yeah. <laughs> it has this weird filter over it. Um, dreamlike filter? Who knows? Lucas tells Cody that it's late, and Cody looks up at him and into the sun. She blocks the sun out of her face with her hand, and she's saying, I must have fallen asleep. And Lucas holds out his hands to her, saying, let's go. So Cody grabs it, and she stands up. And then we cut over to look at a bridge, and we hear Cody say that this isn't the way home. And we zip over with Cody, and there's still that weird filter on. Cody calls out for Lucas, and then turns around, and we see that blonde girl who screamed at Cody a few moments ago. And Cody calls out to her saying, Hello? And she takes some steps closer to her, and the girl turns around saying, Don't finish the painting. Destroy it before it's too late. And Cody starts to run away, and then we cut to the park in real life, where Cody falls off the bench that she was sleeping on like a homeless lady, and she looks around and then down at her sketch pad where we see a drawing of the unfinished painting that she's been finishing. And Cody grabs it and we cut to commercial. So that's red flag number 41. I lost count. <laughs> she's not really getting much out of this relationship. No, she's really not. And it's not really helping her. Like, I don't know a lot about painting and drawing, but I know they're different arts. Yes. Yeah. I can't paint at all. It's so hard, you guys. I believe you. I took art class for four years. I, I hear you. Back from commercial, Cody picks up her sketch pad and starts walking away, but she bumps into Lucas, who scares her. He grabs her, saying, It's freezing and you're laying on the ground. And he takes off his leather jacket and puts it on her, saying, I know you're artistic. You live in the ozone. That's what he says, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It sounded stupid when I heard it and wrote it down, and I just... You're absolutely right to think it was stupid. <laughs> okay, good. No, nobody here faults you for that. I want to know what's going on in Lucas's life that he seemingly spends a lot of his time just popping up to have chats with his little sister on park benches. <laughs> I mean, it's because they constantly find her on park benches. So I'm sure the mom is just like, hey, today's your day to watch. Go get Cody. Here's a list of park benches to look for her. <laughs> yeah, this is one we found her out last time. So she's unlikely to be there. I think that's a pretty solid plan. How old do you think that Cody is in this episode? I'm going to say 17. Okay. I'd say probably between 15 and 17. All right, never mind. I was going to say I would never let my kids sit in a park bench by themselves, but eh, she's old enough, I guess. I don't think you're ever old enough to fall asleep on park benches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. The two take a seat on that bench, and Lucas with a grunt, and Cody tells him... I just had the weirdest dream. And Lucas is like... Oh, so you're sleeping on the ground too? And he grabs her sketchbook and flips through it as Cody says, Lucas, I'm not so sure I should be working on that painting. And Lucas asks why, and Cody says, I don't know. It's somebody else's work. Maybe it's wrong. And we see Lucas flip through the sketchbook, and there's just sketch after sketch of that unfinished painting and varying degrees of finishedness. And Lucas tells her... I don't know much about art, but I do know that you've been stuck for ideas. And since you started working on that painting, you've been drawing like crazy. If it works, stick with it. Cody gives him a look that's like, I don't know about this, but too late. We switch scenes. Good advice, Lucas. Yeah. He's just like, I don't know. It seems to be working. But honestly, who are you going to trust, Cody? Your stalker brother or an imaginary painting ghost? <laughs> <laughs> or a head in a cabinet. <laughs> Always go with the head uh... in the cabinet. Never steers you wrong. Now we're looking at a painting of three girls that looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> they have like alien looking dark filled in eyes and it's, it's, I don't know. It's awful. 
It's such a bad picture. We hear Miss Briar say, magnificent. (laughs) (laughs) And we go... And we cut over to see Miss Briar and Jenna. And Miss Briar then says that there's only one thing missing. And Jenna asks, What? And Miss Briar says, Your signature. And Jenna smiles and she tells her it's not really her painting. But Miss Briar tells her she gave the painting life and deserves to sign it. So Jenna dips her brush in some black paint and signs the painting with Jenna like a five year old. And it is <laughs> ridiculous. You know, it's just now striking me that uh, that she might be one of those people who really gets a lot of pleasure out of other artists doing worse than her. She's oh. like, Oh yes, I trained you wrong on purpose as a joke. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Suddenly this whole episode makes sense. Yeah. That's where she gets her powers from yeah. false confidence in other artists. That's amazing. Yeah. I like that idea. We cut over to Cody opening up the door to the hunter's gallery. She walks inside and she looks around And then she sees a picture on the wall that looks familiar, yet a little different. It's a picture that Jenna just finished. But the middle girl is different, and she now resembles Jenna. Slightly. Just a little bit. Cody walks over to this picture. Her mouth is all, like, open up. uh, Catch it flies. And she looks down, and she sees the signature on it is from Miss Briar. Switching scenes, we're with Cody and Miss Briar. And Cody tells her that there's a new painting in the art gallery. The three girls... And Miss Briar's all like, one of my favorites. And <laughs> <laughs> Which, it looks like shit. So, Cody asks her if that was the painting that Jenna was working on. And Miss Briar snaps, no. In fact, Jenna will not be coming back. And Cody asks why not. And Miss Briar tells her that she doesn't know. She phoned to say that she wouldn't be returning. Jenna? What Jenna? I don't know any Jennas. <laughs> she pulls that one later. <laughs> no little girls here. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets excited because uh, Cody's almost done with her painting and she tells her to get to work and then they walk away we check back in on Cody's coloring book painting and it honestly I think it looks pretty good I mean given the tool she had yeah absolutely yeah she's done some nice detail work and the shading is so much better than Jenna's <laughs> and all the other paintings and um, and Cody stands up then she stretches with a yawn, and she walks over and looks down to see Jenna's bag. The one that she grabbed the paintbrush out of earlier in the episode, so we, we knew it was a thing. And we zoom into the painting of the three girls, and Cody's standing in front of it. And she sets her paintbrush down on the table under it, and she looks over to another painting on the wall, which also looks familiar, because it's the the scene that Cody saw with the blonde-haired girl dressed in blue standing in a like a natural scene with a bridge in the background. And it looked like her dream which Cody says aloud. Miss Briar is bad at this. Like she's, you know, I won't spoil it, but she's doing something to children, obviously. And just leaving evidence everywhere. I thought the same thing. Even if there wasn't evidence of the girls being trapped in the painting with the painting, like, you know, changing to represent the girl being inside of it. You can't just steal kids, especially when they, like for multiple days they've been coming to your shop yeah being dropped off by someone (laughs) yeah it's like they live in a town where like clancy wiggum is the police chief like oh well they've all all these girls keep disappearing and they all go to this artist i bet the artist is it probably knows where they went and then the artist is like oh yeah i've never seen them before in my life like oh well case closed yeah (laughs) what's that cabinet with the decapitated head there (laughs) oh that's just my decapitated head cabinet oh yes i've got one of those too right right all right have a good day (laughs) we cut over to miss briar who's walking from behind a curtained room and then back with cody who opens up the cabinet with that severed head in it this there's a lot of switching back and forth so sorry back with miss briar she looks at the painting of jenna and the two girls Back with Cody, she touches another paintbrush for the, from the collection, and this time she gets a vision of Jenna screaming. Back with Miss Briar, she smiles and walks away from the painting of Jenna. The camera pans down to see Cody's paintbrush still sitting on the table below it. Back with Cody, she moves her hand down the paintbrushes, touching each, and getting a vision of screaming girls from each of them. Yeah. Except I think there might have been one boy in there, but it was so quick I couldn't tell. Yes. This startles Cody, and she shuts the cabinet. Back with Miss Briar, she stops, and she looks at the table and sees Cody's brush. Back with Cody, she's on the phone calling someone and begging 
to herself for, you know, someone to answer it. You know, please be home. Back with Briar, she grabs a paintbrush. Back with Cody, Lucas says hello on the other end of the phone. And she says, Lucas, you have to come and get me. Something really weird is going on here. I'm surprised Lucas is home. Shouldn't he be out looking for Cody? <laughs> <laughs> like, Cody, where are you? I've been to 50 benches today. She was calling a payphone, and that's why. She's like, someone please pick up. <laughs> yeah, she was calling the payphone next to all the benches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back with Miss Briar, she holds up the paintbrush and she looks at it. And back with Cody, she turns with the phone saying, I don't know, but something really bad happened to the girl that was here before. I am scared. And then from behind Cody, Miss Briar moves aside a curtain and asks, what are you doing? So Cody gasps. The phone is no longer in her hands for some reason. (laughs) She says, uh, looking for paint thinner. I finished the painting. And Miss Briar smiles saying, really? And she parts the curtain more saying, may I see? We cut over to the previously unfinished but now finished painting, and Miss Briar says, Talent like yours is a rare gift. All you have to do is sign it. So Cody looks at her, saying, Uh, I wouldn't feel right signing my name to somebody else's work. Miss Briar assures her that this is her work, and she created the soul of this painting. She should be proud, and she should sign it. So Miss Briar hands her that paintbrush to Cody, who takes it. She dips it into some black paint, and then she signs her name on it. And Miss Briar smiles, and Cody takes a step back, looking like she just got a little drunk or something. And she's saying that she's really got to go. And Miss Briar laughs a whole bunch. <laughs> it's funny. We look over at the girl in the painting, and now it resembles Cody a bit. Not really, though. I mean, her hair changed colors, didn't it? Something like that. A little bit. I would not look at that painting and say, hey, that's Jewel State. No, I wouldn't. Mm, fair. Miss <laughs> Briar has a real good laugh about it, though. I love it. I love it when uh, villains in Are You Afraid of the Dark just laugh for a long time. It's like, yes, I've tricked another young artist into intellectual theft. (laughs) (laughs) We cut now to the front door of the Hunter's Gallery, and Lucas opens it up, and he's calling for Cody. He walks down the hallway into the gallery calling for her, and out pops Miss Briar, who calmly says, I'm sorry, the gallery is closed. Lucas asks where Cody is, and Miss Briar says, I don't know anybody by that name. And Lucas is all, what? She came in here to work on this painting? I dropped her off myself. And he unfurls a picture from Cody's sketchbook of that painting. And Miss Briar looks at it and half smiles, saying, perhaps one of my associates would know of her. Please wait here. We zip over to Cody, right? And she's stuck in this painting. She's dancing. And then we look at the painting and the camera pans around and we see Miss Briar has signed her name on the, on the painting. And Miss Briar walks over and she grabs a painting and we cut over to Lucas, who looks around for just a second. And then he runs in further into the gallery to look for Cody. With Miss Briar, she throws the painting into a garbage dumpster outside. Back with Lucas, he spots his leather coat that Cody was wearing and then he gets all panicked. There's a lot of cutting back and forth in this episode, more than usual. There's a lot going on. And this is where the where does she get her powers? What is she trying to feed off of really starts to get confusing. Yeah, a lot of times in Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes, everything just kind of happens in the last, like, three minutes. We've had one episode so far that was a two-parter, and I wish that one wouldn't have been a (laughs) (laughs) two-parter. We cut to the painting, where Cody is still dancing, and she drops a paintbrush on the ground, um, which, I don't know, that seemed kind of weird to me. Back with Miss Briar, she lights a match, and she throws it on the painting in the dumpster, saying, There will be others. And the painting lights up like a fire ghost. And inside the painting with Cody, it starts to get all smoky in the room she's dancing in. Lucas makes his way outside. He looks over and he sees a dumpster fire. And that little girl from the beginning of the episode with that stupid yellow hat on. (laughs) She's got her hat back. (laughs) He walks over to her saying, "Uh, where is she? And the girl turns around saying, where is who? Back inside the painting, Cody starts coughing from all the smoke. And then she sees the paintbrush on the ground and she picks it up. Back with Lucas, he walks closer to the girl saying, the lady from the gallery, and the girl smiles and we cut back to Cody who snaps the paintbrush in half and then she zaps awake in the gallery in front of the cabinet. So she looks around and then she sees the broken in half paintbrush. If it was that easy though, why didn't all the other girls just break their paintbrushes in half? Yeah, and it's not even the same paintbrush, like the metal guard in the middle isn't there, (laughs) the one that she roasted over a fire earlier. That's true. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) That was probably my biggest beef with this episode, though. There's just an escape hatch in every single painting. 
but no one ever used it. Yeah. It didn't make sense to me. Back with Lucas, the girl with the hat says, you should come with me. I want you to meet someone. Back with Cody, she opens up the cabinet and she looks inside saying, it's the brushes. And she starts gathering them all up in her hand. And we look up at that severed head whose eyes open up. And Cody looks at it and she screams. And it smiles at her saying, Become a hunter for me and live forever. <laughs> and it laughs a whole bunch. Cody runs away from it, and then we cut back over to Lucas and the girl, and the girl's walking towards him saying, I think you'll like him. Super creepy. Out of the door pops Cody, who yells, Lucas, it's the brushes. They trap people inside the paintings. We hear Miss Briar laugh, and Cody looks over to see her in place of that little girl. She turns around. Her hair is all crazy frizzy, and her voice has this echo effect to it. And she says, you tread on dangerous ground, young one. She takes a step towards Lucas and Cody, and Lucas starts shielding Cody. And Miss Briar asks for the brushes. But Cody says, forget it. You're done. Miss Briar says, all done. And she laughs, saying, I have hunted for centuries, and I will hunt for centuries to come. You cannot stop me. And Cody walks up towards her, saying, maybe not, but your victims can. Miss Briar looks at her like an idiot, and Cody hurls the brushes over her head and into the dumpster fire as she yells, no. The brushes hit the fire, and then they explode. For some reason. And I loved it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the kids huddle for cover, and then they take a look at the dumpster fire. The flames, the, the flaming severed head levitates up out of the fire, screaming. And then it morphs into Miss Briar's head screaming, and then it disappears. And the flames in the dumpster return to normal, and we see Jenna walking down the alleyway. But only Jenna. Yeah, only Jenna. That was another problem I had with the episode, too. She asks what happened and who that was, and Cody tells her, I don't think we'll ever know. Neither will we. <laughs> Which is a great thing to write into your script. Hey, what what was this all about? What What's going on here? You know, I don't think we'll ever know. <laughs> <laughs> the scene fades, and now we're back in the Hunter's Gallery. We're looking at all the paintings of people in there. The faces are all erased out of them. And we get a voiceover from Gary saying that Cody's artistic block soon vanished because she was able to draw inspiration from all the spirits she freed from their living nightmares. The end. Are all those other kids dead? I always assumed they were all just dead. I think they're dead and also Cody absorbed their powers. <laughs> so she's the ultimate That's how she became such now? a great artist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She's transcended into the ultimate artist. Was that little girl just Mrs. Briar? Was it always her? I, yeah, I think so. That's yeah. just how she lures people into there, being some weird girl who just runs away? Like, how many kids are drawn into that gallery by some weird girl who runs away? Well, now that you mention it, it kind of reminds me of To Catch a Predator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's odd because we don't know what Mrs. Briar gets out of this because it seems like, oh, maybe it's youth. Is she stealing their youth? Is she stealing their artistic well, power like yeah but i mean if she can like yeah. change into this little girl i assume that she gets eternal life along with that severed head <laughs> like i think the severed head is you know the the being that supplies the mystical brushes to absorb kids into paintings but yeah. why but it's like yeah exactly like she was just so oh this is such a great painting a talent like yours is only found you know every once in a while oh your brother's here I guess I'll burn it and laugh about it. It's like, oh, no, if this is something powerful, something that you got, like, I don't know. I was so confused by what it is that she is doing and wants. Like, at least show me that she's like, oh, she's sad that she has to burn this one because it was such a good, a good catch or a good find. But she's like, yeah, whatever. I'll burn this. Ha ha ha. It was the only good picture. That I know. <laughs> no one can be better than me. Um, You know, I don't know. And I would say that. If it was a good story, this she would not just sit hunkered down in one spot and just keep stealing kids from one area. She would move around. Right. Because she says she's been at it for centuries. Yeah, well, she was there with the cavemen, you know. I'm surprised <laughs> this whole plan even worked once, carbons. let alone the hundreds of times yeah. I would guess that it worked. Well, we just got to watch the time that she got sloppy, you know. Every other time that she's stolen children, it's been like, really yeah she kept that severed head uh, locked away thank you yep 
She's like, this is what happens when I rearrange my furniture. <laughs> I should have kept this upstairs, but I thought the feng shui down here was off, and this is what I get. <laughs> Overall, though, I thought it was a good I episode. Thought I liked it a lot. The Like, the main enemy, I guess the one in charge of all of it, it's the severed head, right? He's Yeah, I'd say so. He's kind of nothing. Like, he's like the Watcher from Watcher's Wood. Yeah. He's just kind of That's there, too. but... He contributes nothing to the episode at all. No, they were like, this old lady isn't scary enough. We need a severed head that can talk. That's great. And I realize this isn't their MO, but I was really kind of hoping with the whole like, hey, become a hunter and, you know, you can live for eternal life. I thought, oh, maybe this is something that will come back. Like maybe the hunters is is, is a reoccurring, you know, creature or more motif. But maybe no, man, a community you know what? Hunters. We'll probably never know. <laughs> Stop asking questions. It'd be cool if there were multiple hunters, too. Like, one's a tailor and one's a baker. <laughs> Finish this Finish souffle. this sourdough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what the cake, uh, the the cooking competitions are all about. It's just hunters. <laughs> oh, Shit. this all makes Gordon Ramsay is a hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Finish this giant cake in 24 hours. <laughs> you know competitions and stuff that's what guy fieri is he's a hunter yeah perfection all right so we cut back over to the campfire and tucker says nice job and all the other kids mumble about how that was a really good story and we zoom over to gary who says thank you and we cut over to kiki who asks tucker if he's going to be going next week and tucker says absolutely and gary grabs the bucket and he declares the meaning of the midnight society closed all the kids pat him on the back and walk away and we stay back with tucker and gary and tucker says i owe you one Gary tells him, oh, no problem. You going to be okay for next week? And Tucker's like, I think so. I just got to look around for some inspiration. What made you think of that story? And Gary shrugs saying, you. Tucker's all, get out of here. But Gary's like, I'm serious. You were having trouble being creative. I saw a story there. And Tucker says, yeah, cool. And Gary gives him a pat on the back saying, at least you're good for something. And he laughs. And the brothers walk away down the path. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> That's sweet. Now, Brandon, do you think that do you think that the next episode is going to be a Tucker episode? Well, obviously, he's going to find his inspiration. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. So, what do you guys think the moral of this story is? I think it's probably don't sleep out in the open on park benches. <laughs> yeah, you're going to fall off, have bad dreams. Somebody's going to steal your purse. Don't follow strange girls into unknown buildings. Yeah, especially if they got stupid hats on. <laughs> yeah. If you find any kind of severed body part in someone's house or building, just <laughs> kind of go away. I want it to be about like intellectual theft, but this episode is what spawned a generation who used, you know, Napster and LimeWire. That's true. I used Napster because of this episode. <laughs> you wouldn't download an unfinished painting, would you? <laughs> Those are all very beautiful morals from this this episode. Now, the tale of the unfinished painting. I think it's a pretty good name, but we collectively, as as a, a group, we could probably come up with something better, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The tale of the park bench. Yeah. Damn. The tale of the turtleneck collection. Uh, the tale of the brat in the hat. Ooh, I like that one. I feel like there's one about the tale of the town who didn't notice all their daughters have gone missing for 300 years. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of episodes. <laughs> um, the tale of the severed head. Tale of the mediocre painting. <laughs> the tale of the dumpster fire. Oh, I like that. Because it describes a lot of different things. Like it, it really is kind of wide ranging in what it could mean. <laughs> I think that's pretty good, right? Yeah. I haven't got any more. Yeah. That's all right. I don't either. Done. Unfinished painting is a really good name, though, so I'm okay with not being able to top that. Yeah. No false advertising in this title. Mm-mm. Sometimes we do get false advertising. It's ridiculous. Are you interested in knowing what comes next to Brendan? Yes. What is it? This one is called The Tale of the Closet Keepers. Hmm. Who do you think is going to be talking about this one? I think this is... Uh, Frank. Oh, yeah. Frank. Ha 
Okay, who have we had so far? Because we got Frank and Gary, then we had a Gary. What was the next episode? <laughs> oh, it's all Kiki. A blur. Kiki, then Tucker. Yeah, we haven't had a Frank in quite a while, so. Yeah, it's a Frank, for sure. Well, what do you think the tale of the Closet Keepers is going to be about? I think this is going to be about Dr. Vink, because Frank can't tell any story without the Vinkster. <laughs> Uh, in this episode, he's going to be like some kind of fashion or maybe like a tailor or something. And he's okay. going to have this big wardrobe full of clothes. And when you put on the clothes, you transform into a different person. But oh, maybe okay. not the person you'd expect. That actually sounds like a really good episode. <laughs> well. Let's hope it's that, then. Yeah, I hope so. We'll find out next week, though. Yes. Well, that was a lot of fun. So, Rev, where can people find you on the internet? You know, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you're at. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rev DeShane. Um, you can find The Crit Show at thecritshowpodcast.com and on uh, all the various social medias at The Crit Show. Awesome. Come give a listen, learn how to play some I new games. I find it really difficult to find um, an interesting and uh, like a, like an actual play podcast to really get into. There's a lot of them out there, and I've listened to some of yours, and you're, you guys sound super professional, and you're very inviting to new people, and that's something that I really like. So I'm going to be listening to your show, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, especially since Brandon's all the way in, in Australia, and I can't actually play anything with him. I mean, I guess I could, but nobody wants to play a, a tabletop game with just two people. Let me, why don't we just play chess, you know? Oh, speaking of that, Brandon, <laughs> did you ever learn how to play chess? Yeah, I know how to play chess a little bit. Okay. All right. Last time we played chess, Brandon just used the, the knights and whinnied like a horse. So, Well, thank you so much, Rev. I really appreciate you coming in here and talking about this kid's show with us. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. But... I'm going to go back to sleep. I'm tired. I had to wake up early, and I didn't sleep that well last night. I've been up essentially all night. So I'll talk to you later, Brandon. Thanks again, Rev, for uh, joining us. And bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, so you're sleeping on the ground, too? <laughs>